When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Movies That Made Me, with your hosts, Josh Olson and Joe Dante. maybe say it's in the u.s it's in the theaters now and and it's now like the release is unfolding or however you say that over the whole yes world. yeah uh, yeah no we picked up we did uh, uh we did an episode a couple weeks ago with the director of rrr do you know this film no it's i don't it's, it's on pretty, netflix it's, it's pretty amazing you should take a look at it it is a rrr that is the title um yeah here we go plugging other guests work that's all Oh, I love it. Okay. It is the most insane, over-the-top, wonderful. It's it's actually not Bollywood. It's it's what is the, Hollywood? Uh, Hollywood, uh, but Indian film, wildly over-the-top action movie, dancing, singing, animal fights. Ooh, I mean, in a good way. Um, and it's this sort of phenomenon. And we had the director on, and we had no idea we got so many new listeners from India. <laughs> really? Since so, then, since that episode, I like it. Which will be good for, you, good for your movie. Window. That's right. Yeah, and now you get all the Dutchies. Now you get all the people from Amsterdam. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Yes. But uh, anyway, no, we're very, very, very psyched. Um, it, this is so funny. Can I can I sort of give you up, Joe? Tell how we... Um, sure. Because <laughs> uh, anybody who knows Joe, who's, who's listening to the show, is um, uh, a movie like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies wouldn't instantly uh leap to the top of his must see list <laughs> I mean, it's just it's mostly it's mostly because it's about it's yeah. about uh it's no, about, it's, 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 on my on my list either it's, 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 very the, it's uh, you know it's it's full of not very likable 20 somethings and um <laughs> i didn't uh and when it started i thought gosh you know maybe this maybe this, maybe i'm just too old for this maybe this movie is not for me because it's yeah. you know it's all it's all these these kids and they're they're drinking and taking drugs and you know <laughs> anyway things that um, we never did at our youth I never at all that uh, yes um, and what was uh, surprising to me about it but, but i also like the none the were none aspect of it but but uh i i thought it was so clever and i read that you had as one of your uh techniques um you had a tendency to let the actors do a take where they just sort of rift and and just the, the scenes went where they were going to go because the actors were saying stuff and yeah. there is so much really funny smart dialogue in this picture uh that um it's 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 a it's a snapshot of uh i think of, of culture probably worldwide at this particular moment in time and uh, in addition to being a a, a fun mystery and it's you know it's got a cool twist ending and it's you know it's it's really it's really a good movie and uh i i, I was also impressed at how um how much of it is lit by flashlights 
which was which was which is not easy to do. It's it's a really well photographed movie, and it's also uh, it's it's so well directed because it's basically takes place in a house, obviously a pretty cool house because it's big enough to be able to do all this kind of stuff. But um, as it went on, I I just found myself more and more impressed with it, and and when it was over, I called Josh and said, you know. I think you should see this movie because we really should have this director on. It's it's normally the opposite. I mean, it was it was very much on my radar, and I was very much looking forward to it. And the last thing I expected was to get that that uh, call from Joe. But uh, yeah, I was like, oh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, which, that's so nice. uh, yeah, no, he loved it. And I also, um, uh, my wife Nancy, who and I try to go into things knowing as little as possible. Uh, she does not do horror films, and. The trailer was a little a little vague on that subject, and I thought, well, let's give it a shot. And um, I don't know if I'm doing you wrong or not, but it's not a horror film. Uh, oh, it's it's, it's very much a, I guess, a kind of classic whodunit, really, in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, and yeah, she did. loved it, um, and we loved it. And the, before we try not to talk too much uh, to our guests about their actual work, because that's not the point, and there's a million other things, but. Um, I do want to ask you why, why do you think, and if you don't want to comment on this or <laughs> so many people, I, I love them. I never watched Saturday Night Live, so I don't have any baggage, but so many people have just a visceral physical reaction to Pete Davidson that I do not understand. I love this question. Um, so, so your question is, what, why do you think that is? Why oh, by the way, is he's the, great in the film. Yeah. He's so yeah. funny. He's just perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's very intriguing with him too, because people ask me, why were you so convinced that you wanted him for that role? You know? And I think for me, I mean, I was here in Holland. Nobody really knows him here. I mean, now, mm. of course, you know, since the Kim Kardashian thing they do, but I was, why I'm intrigued by him is because his, his humor is so beyond shame. Like he, you know, <laughs> he do anything like in his stand up, like, and I think that is what attracts me in him. And it's also something like my first movie was about a therapist who falls in love with a rapist. You know, I like really go to the taboos of it all. And I think not because I necessarily decide that intellectually, but that is something that I've always done also as a stage actress. So I think I'm very drawn to anything that dares to shine light on things that we're normally ashamed of, or we, you don't talk about your father's right. death on 9-11 and you certainly don't joke about it. And then you don't make goes, comedy out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's sort of like, really odd combination because he's also very he can also be quite awkward you know but he's of course extremely talented but he just goes beyond shame and i think that is why i'm very much intrigued by him and thought he would be great for that part because that part is basically an asshole but because he brings so much humor to it you can sort of bear the character you can sort of you still enjoy watching him and he, yeah. you know, so i i don't know but and i think women are just generally like really attracted to him it is he is also what everybody says he's a very very kind and very funny human being but it is intriguing it's very interesting yeah no it's it's funny i mean i have friends who just turn beet red with rage somehow something about him enrages them <laughs> oh i know some people uh, become yeah it, it, but yeah he provokes extreme reaction but i think i can sort of because even though i'm a total newborn in america here i have my in my totally small country i have fame here you know and mm -hmm. i also get a lot of hate towards me so I, I don't know i feel maybe i relate to this sort of like character that might provoke reaction but oh, that's I, great i love him um, yeah well the only other thing i want to say is as a writer i did read that article uh i think was it vanity fair joe that you sent me that yeah. um without giving anything away uh you talked 
um, about your anxiety when you came up with the ending about, oh my God, what are we doing? Are we going to get away with this? And I can, I so appreciate that. It's such a, in retrospect, a ballsy move. It just works so well. It's so perfect, but I can, you know, when you look at it, like, of course, it's a a great, it's a truly great ending, but I can absolutely imagine your anxiety as you sat on that waiting for people to see the film. So it's still, I still like, even when we had the book premiere here, I I died because it's just, it is because yeah, of course the whole idea about it is very hedonistic. And I mean, I compare it to a Chekhov play because you know, all I know is, is classical theater. So, you know, where you, you say the whole play, we say, we're going to Moscow, we're going to Moscow. And in the end they don't go. You know, it's like four hours of like super. And so I, I, I thought that would be hard to sell that at a pitch meeting. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so for me, the whole key to it without trying to spoil anything, but I mean, that's so hard, but I mean that the, the, it's not about the monster under the bed, you know, right. and it's not about something outside of you, but because it, without being pretentious, because this movie is just fun and entertaining, but at the same time, of course, for me, it's about, you know, the beast inside of me and what I'm capable right. of. And what does it take for me to become an animal? And so I thought it was super important that with this ending, then it becomes about human behavior. But you can write it all down and think, oh, yeah, this is such a great idea and intellectual. I see it and it's Chekhov-like. Yes. But then to, ex- to execute <laughs> it and to actually make the puzzle, you know, that people can go three times and it still adds up. But also to have the actor really do it in a way with the thing and the thing that you actually believe, you know, what is happening there. It was a challenge, but it, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that every time it seems to work. So that, yeah. but that you, you never had a different ending in mind. For me, no, for me, there was, there was a different ending when I uh, entered the project. It was a very, uh-huh. different, everything was different. You know, I, I, that's why I had in the beginning a little bit of like, look, I'm a stage actress. I only made two things, one TV show and one film, and it was in my own land. And I also, these things I created, you know, laying in bed thinking, oh, I want to do this, or I want to do that. So somebody presenting me with an idea that was already existing, th- this game, you know, where young people go to a house and they play this game and it's a slasher film. I was like, what? Why should I? I make my own stuff up. But then I started to think like, oh, maybe it's an interesting construct because I've been doing all my life these plays that are all written like hundreds of years ago. And those are existing constructs, but still Ivo van Hove, who is my theater director, he manages to make something mo- uh, modern out of it, you know, and something that actually feels relevant for the now and exciting and rock and roll. So I thought, oh, maybe this can actually be something interesting with my own craziness and it gives me a way into America, but still I can bring my own darkness. And that and that ending to me was the key into it, if you will. You yeah, know, yeah, so no, that, can, ah, it, and it makes sense to me. It, it, wor- it works great. It's such an entertaining movie. And, uh, and also, and I want to get into um, uh, some of the movies that, that uh, you talked about or you want to talk about. Um, and I was interested to see uh, Joe. Joe doesn't get the list. We don't tell him. Um, but I, I, I have it. He always surprises me. <laughs> I like to surprise you. Um, and I was wondering if uh, there would be one on here, and, and it's not. And I'm wondering, before you get into yours, have you ever seen the Ken Russell film Gothic? No. I'm writing um, things under you're saying. I'm, I'm highly recommending it to you because I, oh. I, it, it, um, yeah, it, it feels like kind of akin, uh, a blood, a blood brother or sister to your film. Oh, it's about the, you. uh, the haunted summer, the, um, uh, Mary Shelley and Lord Byron and all these folks, the, the, the spending, spending the summer drinking and doing drugs, um, and along the way coming up with Frankenstein and Dracula and, uh, so forth and so oh, on, God. but it's, um, uh, 
just I, I don't want to say any more, but I think you'll be. Uh, and it's Ken Russell, which and it's Ken Russell has its own <laughs> its own set of quirks. Perfect. Yes, uh, <laughs> Julian Sands, Gabriel Byrne. Weirdly, it's the oh. second movie that came out this. I think it was there's two Julian Sands movies in which um, women bear their breasts and then their nipples open up to reveal eyeballs. Uh, this this and Warlock. I have no idea. I think it's just a wild coincidence. But that is crazy. Um, <laughs> Very intriguing, to say the least. Okay. <laughs> this one, I'm R R R and Gothic. I'm going to watch them. There both. you go. That's great. We <laughs> so we broaden um, your horizons. That's right. Now it's your turn to broaden ours. Let's talk about some of your favorite movies here. Um, yeah. You want to just want to pick one and start, and we'll. Uh, well, maybe we start with Annie because so I grew up with very radical hippies. I grew up, my father and mother were both um, sculptors and video artists and, you know, what have you. And we didn't have, we weren't allowed to see moving images. You know, we we grew up isolated from society. My name was given to me by a guru. And uh, because, and then we, but they wanted to work all day, right? Because they were like making their sculptures and paintings. So they were always in their own studio in the yard. And so they had to get us a babysitter and then, she was so bored with us because we only, you know, we didn't have any toys. We we were really, and so she took us to the cinema to see Annie. And, you know, it's just changed me completely. Completely. That, that was, I kept wondering if this was a time. I was like, is, did she mean Annie Hall? And she left, you're actually no, talking about. No, she means the, Annie. I'm the best. I'm, the, oh, I'm like literally talking about America, like the most beautiful pink cake that you've ever seen in your life. And then to have a child that like is not allowed to play with Barbies because plastic is bad for you or whatever. Sure. You, you know, when you put that in front of the screen and you show her Andy, like, Annie, like I, I just, yeah, that changed my DNA, I feel like. Um, <laughs> oh my and God. so I, and all I felt was jealousy because I felt that that child, which was, she was called Eileen Quinn, the actress, that she made that film herself. You know, I thought she shot it. And, oh, she, and so I was like, <laughs> I need to, to be her, you know, I need to, I was six years old. And so they, the babysitter brought us home and I told my parents, my parents were like, what? you know, because their whole like philosophy about that we shouldn't see moving images was shattered at that point. And then I said, I, I want to be a, a miracle child. I want to be a child's prodigy. We, we need to hurry up, you know, because I need to get discovered like now. And they were of course like, oh my God, no. And so my, my dad's answer to that was to build a theater in our house. So he built me a theater. So I could, you know, um, do my own place, but he thought it would be over when I was 18 and that I would then have, a, you know, become a, a hippie, but I didn't. So I, I became an actress. So, yeah. I, I what think was, what was their animus against moving images? So the whole idea is, it's, this whole philosophy is the Steiner, Rudolf Steiner, Anthroposophy, I don't know, I don't even know. Ari Aster knows what I'm talking about. It all looks like, you know, Midsummer. That's kind mm -hmm. of the vibe. Mm -hmm. That's real seriously what it, they don't throw old people off rocks, but they, they, the, the, the dancing and that you know of. <laughs> and so it's a whole idea. It, it, it has very beautiful uh, layers in it, but it is all about that the child should, should be a child and they should, should let him play and be creative by itself. So if you confront it with like mm -hmm. things that are obvious, like dolls that have eyes and hair, that the fantasy and the creativity in their brain, their imagination, that you don't stimulate it. So you give them almost nothing, like a, a piece of paper with one little crayon, and that's enough, or a doll without a face. You know what I mean? That's basically or a wooden block, a wooden block. So here's a wooden block. And so that was all we had. And, and the babysitter was like, are you kidding me? Like, the baby, you know, like, what do I do with these children that have nothing? But that's what she was so bored. 
she took us to the cinema and then she she totally fucked up everything and that's why well, i became an actress you know well I'm, I'm fascinated because again you're six so you're thinking this little girl is making this movie entirely by herself which of course is yeah. players but it is also fairly sophisticated that at six you were thinking about the fact that somebody made this film i did because i i so remember that i really that from that moment on until I, you know very recently when my career was like a disappointment even though it was very successful within my country but um because i constantly thought huh is this so they're just going to tell me what to do and i have to do it you know so i really the, the idea that the faces of the movie made the movie mm -hmm. yeah that seems very lo logical to me but of course it makes no sense right. you know of course when i was on a movie set for the first time I, of course i understood how it really worked but i still i really got like the idea yeah but if i stay long enough in the game, I become successful and then I will get more authority and, and I will be more of a co-creator. And it is true. I do feel if you get more successful as an actor, you're taken more seriously. But in the end, you just need to stop acting and start creating because otherwise you'll never get to a point where you can actually be the one who comes up with the idea. Right. You know, because whatever I was doing, even though I got very successful together with Ivo van Hoof and he's, of course, a very successful director, I still felt that I was in his you know, hands his paint, you know, and he was making a beautiful painting. So that's why I transitioned into directing in the end. That's amazing. Now, do you go back to Annie? Have you seen it as an adult? Oh, or yes. Is it just, oh, yeah. I see it all the time. And my best yeah. friend is Bruce van Houten. She's the, for people in America, she's the Red Priestess in Game of Thrones. Mm. And we have our own production company that's called Men Up. And we both uh, saw that movie when we were six and it impacted us in the same way. And we also feel that the whole issue with Daddy Warbucks gave us a daddy complex. So we are very like <laughs> the same in this. And we constantly, we can sing all the songs, we can do all the dances. Now, of course, we have become like, now we're the age of Miss Hannigan, right? So it's very confusing to us. Now we're no longer at any, now we're like little girls, little girls, you know, that's now. <laughs> wow. Do you remember what the next picture was that you saw? No, I don't. I don't remember. I think it was a cartoon, actually, that my that um, the babysitter then took us to. But I don't I don't remember. I don't like cartoons. That's all I, I wanted to be real. I, I don't I'm not a fan of animation. <laughs> I really wanted to be real people. Um, and then I, I do have ever vivid memories of seeing Bambi. How do you Bambi? You Bambi, say? Yeah. Bambi? Of course, you know, very traumatized by that in a good way. Um, yeah, so that, but but that's it. I don't I don't really remember after that because when my my father died when I was ten, so he died when we were still young, and then my mother turned out not to be as radical as we thought. So from that moment, we had a TV, we had like everything all of a sudden, you know. So, uh. so all the hippie hippie things were a little bit out of the window, and then our childhood became a little more normal, and we 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 went to the theater regularly, and and I you know in the cinema, and I loved it. Yeah. Wow, I I can't think of another. I mean, Annie made you. You know, we, yeah, we, Annie I mean, show, our show is called "The Movies the Baby." I can't think of another guest who could draw such a straight line at such an early age. To <laughs> oh, totally it changed me, and I still have that feeling when I put it on, or or even the songs, and it had to, has to be of the original film, right? Not of the new. So I, I still get that really exciting feeling of eating a, a, cake, a really good cake, and also this feeling of 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 my calling of like. Right. Like seriously, like being awakened, oh, and it really, yeah. But Carice always says it destroyed us. It destroyed us, you know, because it is also that life is, of course, it's extreme. You know, you 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 sacrifice everything to to then become this actress and later director. So yeah, 
Annie did it all. I, I blame wow. her for everything. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, how are we going to top that? I guess. Give, what What's next on your list? <laughs> oh my God. I, they, these are. I think a woman under the influence by Casavetes. Mm. I want to be American. Casavetes. Um, <laughs> trying to get that American yeah. accent. Um, no, I think that is very. My 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 own company is called A Woman Under the Influence. I think. Um, so I'm going to reference some theater too, you know, because that has been my world. So my first role on stage was Ophelia in Hamlet. And for the people who don't know, Ophelia basically comes on stage. She has basically five scenes. She's very famous. Huh? Everybody knows Ophelia in Hamlet. But she, you know, she she goes crazy and within five scenes. She goes from virgin to completely psychotic and she kills herself. And um, and and so so I, that that role really influenced me in the way that I, after that, I became very uh, afraid to go crazy, you know, because your channel, of course, this is your first role, mm. so it's impactful. And this this lady, this girl, you know, within such a short amount of time, she becomes crazy and commits suicide. And then um, Ivo introduced me to Casafetis. I never heard of him. I didn't know he existed. And Ivo was the director I worked with, the theater director. And he said, look at that film. And then I looked at the film, and I think there's no other film where psychosis, or whatever you want to call it, is portrayed in such a wonderful but also haunting way and uh, yeah that film became sort of my bible in acting you know because she's so gina Rowland's ex she loses her mind basically right. you know? and um it's just it's just it's also very funny but it's also very dark and also that acting style and even in bodies 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 if you want to you can see a little bit of my tributes to the style of you know casafetti's that it's so it really flows it's super organic everybody talks through each other um, it's very animalistic and, and primal to me. And, and I, yeah, I just, I just feel that film is just, uh, yeah, just wonderful. So that was a big influence on me and also and, on my, yeah, so, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, are you, do you, have you gone on to like other Cassavetes films and do you enjoy them as much or is that, that's a special? Oh, no, no, I, I do enjoy other ones, but I do think the woman on influence is my favorite one, but we did, for instance, husbands, that, that film about four friends who lose yes. their friend and then they go on this big, yeah, what is a journey, you know, and 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 Binge, into Binge yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did that on stage. So I I know oh. that you, know, you, you live that like and oh, I wow. played all the women. So I was all the women in there. Very intense. And so I think um and Evo did opening night on stage, which um, was a huge success. And we we played that for years. So all these films have been very dear to me, but uh, Woman on the Influence is my favorite one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, so wait a minute. So you did husbands on stage? That's that's yeah. So even it was pretty intense. It was very. <laughs> I would I would imagine this. I don't know if I'm being ridiculous or not, but I would imagine that like doing that with women playing the men would be kind of interesting. That would be honestly. There's a documentary about this process of us making that show, and it's called Naked. It's very mm -hmm. shocking. You can, you can see it online um, for anybody who's interested. Uh, you can also really see how Evo directs. Uh, it's it's completely interesting, but I agree with you that um, it would actually be very interesting to switch it up because it was kind of intense to play all those women, you know, because the men, they go, it's really about masculinity, right? The, yeah. They feel like they're like trying to find their boundaries and their vulnerability and it's beautiful, but it's very, to, to be all the women in that kind of energy was pretty intense, I can tell you. <laughs> I can imagine, Lord. Um, well, let's let's do another one. Uh, yeah, so another one that is 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 very important to me is the piano teacher by by Hanukkah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys know it's it's not that oh, yeah. famous. Maybe no, in no, America, it's very, it's very well known. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I was always uh, directing uh, bodies, bodies, bodies with a T-shirt that says Isabel Huber on it. <laughs> kind of my message to my actor. I feel like she's, you know, if you want to have a lesson in acting, you should just watch oh. the piano teacher. It's incredible in like, you know, how she does almost nothing with, you know, a big close up, and then you you see you just look at her eyes, and it's just crazy what she can do. But also that film, the theme of that film being, um, you know, sex and power and female sexuality. I find it really intriguing that a man directed that film because to me, I really relate to it. And I feel that it's very, you know, it's, it's, it's very new and relevant. And even though it's already a little bit old, but what he was doing at that time was like really taking it from a female's perspective. And I, I just thought it was amazing. That film It's really, it's disturbing. It's not a, People say yeah, it's not a fun watch. No, it's not a fun watch, but I, <laughs> I still think it's sexy and it's erotic. No yeah, and it is, of course, also, I, I worked with Paul Verhoeven in Black Book as an actress, and he's a mentor for me. And, of course, Elle, uh, that oh, he directed, is yes. amazing. I mean, this is, I, you know, all Paul's films are also, by the way, on that list in a way for me, but The Fourth Man and all the themes that Paul Verhoeven in Basic Instinct or Showgirl to me that those are my themes as well of course in a very in a different way but i i just love that kind of work and i think hanukkah also is just a master at like the darkness and yeah i felt very seen by that film in a weird way mm. so i i just i feel in every way it's an inspiration especially for my first film instinct it was a big um a big inspiration for me yes i love it it's shocking because when you said it's it's fairly old i was like no it's i just looked it's 21 years old i know no, I know because I looked it up the Where's other the day. Where the time go, Joe? <laughs> it's so scary. I'm 46. I feel that growing older is just so scary. Oh, it it's so all bad. downhill from there. Take my word. <laughs> oh, no. It's <laughs> ah! <laughs> Only downhill from here. Oh, uh, yeah. So that one. And then when we're at that subject, or maybe I'm going too fast. but Yeah, is, no, no, no. No? Okay, it's nine no. and a half weeks. Is, is is also a golden oldie, of course. Uh, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's a really old one, yeah, from the forties. I love it. I love that film. I think that, and I love all those sexual thrillers. By the way, I mean, indecent proposal, fatal attraction, the whole thing. And I think it's, of course, to watch them after me too. This is a very, you know, of course we would make them different, maybe now, but for me, those those films are very. Um, I still hold them in my heart, you know. Also, nine and a half weeks. I mean. I don't want to offend anybody, but compared to Fifty Shades of Grey, like you're like, what? You know, and the <laughs> themes, of course. I mean, there is a huge market for them also. People want to see it. Like you have this film on Netflix. And again, I'm I don't want to diss anybody, but it's called 365. They just released a new one. And those films are to me are very uh, sexist porn films. And I don't understand why they are there, but it's because people want to see that kind of material that is like about sex and power, but nine and a half weeks is in a very elegant way very elegant way i feel and and uh yeah i i really like that film and for me it's an inspiration i want to get into that genre back to go back to into that genre for my next film the, it, it, the does, does it, it feels like we've gone kind of backwards um in terms of sort of treatments of sexuality in films some of it like i think as you say is people are just terrified to to go to certain places well and, they did that, this is before intimacy coordinators yeah that, which i I can see the. I mean, I don't. I don't object to the idea of intimacy coordinators per se. It seems pretty reasonable. Or, or co-director, as I but call yeah, it's just it's more. I I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't done a deep dive into why. And 
but <laughs> no, but I think it's it's, it's such a great uh, uh, topic to speak to, to talk about because we're almost afraid to talk about it. And 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 uh, I I do think my own experience with, with intimacy coordinator, I only had it with bodies, 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 but it was really great. And mm -hmm. the vaccine that we had was we didn't use it because it was it just didn't uh, didn't fit in a film, but had nothing to do with how beautiful the scene was. But I I do feel that there's a fear, especially in America. I do feel there's fear around this subject and I, I could totally understand it because especially after me too we all want to do it right and and it's very important that we discuss it and it's there but at the same time sexuality will always be you know is in the gray areas and it was and and um oscar wilde always said like uh everything in life is about sex except sex sex is about power and, <laughs> and it doesn't even what happened to him <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it doesn't mean that that is just the truth and that you have to accept that. Not at all. But it, it, but I feel even with a very light film like a playful film like Bodies, I think if you make a film or write a book or something, I think it's so important to show our darkness, you know, and to show that inside us that is weak and that is dangerous and that is wants things that we shouldn't want. Uh, because that is when we truly examine human nature. But when we only portray ourselves as, no, that's not happening, we're, we're all going to, you know, be puritanical and that that's just not what real life is so i feel it yeah. is also i felt th those sexual thrillers of course they were entertaining but they were also speaking about stuff that we normally didn't want to talk about and i think that really has that is important you know and is and especially in america i feel there's that's very important to, to 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 address those things and be free about it and open about it anyway i feel that that yeah i mean people are not as uh, yeah the culture are sort of the folks who control the culture i guess seem to be way more puritanical than the actual people I would say 100% agree with you because that, of course, that's not my feeling making friends in America. I don't feel that at all. I feel no boundaries in what I can discuss. Yeah. It is more that, yeah, I think religion is also, even though people are maybe not religious anymore, but it is still plays a big role. And it just, and it makes it harder to talk about everything in between, everything underneath the surface. Yeah. And that's where, of course, if you want to make art with a big, big, heavy word, that's where all the interesting themes are because that is when we can truly feel connected when we actually dare to speak about what, what we're afraid of or what we're angry about or what we are ashamed of. Well, the culture in America is, is largely corporate. And uh, that's one of the reasons that things have changed so much. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember it was, it was delightfully eye-opening to me when we did history of violence that um, I thought, you know, a lot of people would be put out by uh, it's at least the seat on the staircase um the sex scene and i can't tell you how many sweet little old ladies uh told me it was their favorite scene in a movie oh, I love and, they probably, that. and they probably pointed to their bruises when they did that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was such i was like oh yeah that's right yeah, yeah you, you used to rock back in the day sure. but it's just yeah we're sort of we, we buy into this weird notion of our culture through movies even though our own experience tells us else elsewhere elsewise yeah. And also the interesting relationship that we have with violence, that we're much more at ease with showing violence than sexuality. Yeah. You know, even the, the the opening of my film, which is, of course, a long French kiss, or whatever you call that in English, a real kiss between two women. I mean, so many people have something to say about that. And I'm like, what? Like, I didn't even, you know, think of that as shocking at all. Like, I, I feel right. like you need to do it in the right way. You need to ask permission. About. And, it, of course, to do that as an actor is pretty intimate. And it's, but to look at it, I'm like, well, isn't that like the most innocent Sort of, but yeah, it is. Right. But if you'd open with a, a savage, beautifully conceived, artful murder, no one would. No, no, that's what I. That's my point. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, you don't hear anybody say anything about, you know, the violence in the film and the blood. So, yeah, I'm just, I just think, I don't know, I, I just feel very inspired to continue to, to maybe try to make a, a sexual thriller, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I do. And so on this list, we have, of course, also Last Tango in Paris, which I know yes. is a, yeah, and there have been very, a lot of said about it, you know, especially lately about the sex scene in that. And I, 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 I can only, you know, because being an actress myself, I've been, of course, in situations where I was like, oh my God. So I totally um, relate to that. And I hope, you know, that I don't, it's not, I don't put it on the list because I want to promote that at all, but I do like the film a lot. I think it's an amazing film. I had a poster always above my bed since I was young. I, I oh, think wow. it's... right next to the poster of Annie. Yeah, right next to your Annie poster. <laughs> Greatest double feature ever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very confusing. Very confusing. <laughs> Bring the whole family. Um, yeah, exactly. But I just think what the, the acting style, of course, of Marlon Brando in general, but also in this film, is just so it's as an actor, you, you watch him, you're like, how does he even you know, because what he does is so, it's almost under tension, you know, he, oh, it's always like so natural and I don't know. And then the themes of it all, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. And especially as a young woman, I, I just, I just thought it was amazing with the daddy complex, of course. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, and I'm, I'm constantly struggling with how, I mean, I don't struggle with it. I, I enjoy what I enjoy. And my, my attitude tends to be that, you know, in some ways, it's easier for those of us who actually work in this business where I can go, okay, sure, I wouldn't work with Roman Polanski, but I can still enjoy Chinatown. You know, it's a very, yeah. no, but, of course. Um, you know, I mean, that's an amazing film. I had my reaction to it the first time I saw it years later. You hear horror stories about the treatment yeah. of Maria Schneier, the lead yeah. actress. And it's like, that's terrible. How do I, you know, am I somehow showing solidarity with her by erasing my? Yeah. enjoyment of the film or and it's like no i'm not and uh but you know is there where is that line what if you find yeah. out that you know they murdered 15 children while they were making that film yeah. uh, i i, I don't no, know i don't i think that's so good so good that you that you bring that up and the way you say it i totally agree with you and of course it's very important because that film is on my list and then i do think it's our obligation to discuss that, you know, to not just ignore it and be like, oh yeah, this is a great film. And <laughs> I do think it's it's very important. If if it that would have happened to me, I would have been very grateful that you that in this podcast people would address it, you know, like listen, that happened yeah. and it's horrifying and that should have never happened. Um, but at the same time, it is if you ask me like what are the films that you know formed you to the human that you are, then this is definitely one of them because to me yeah. it was super important because I was so struggling with all these. Uh, father complexes within me and and be, having lost my dad when I was in blah blah so I can't help that that film has influenced me but at the same time I I also think especially uh, as a retired actress having been in that position not that horrible but I have been in situations that were pretty horrifying and you you don't wish that upon anybody of course no so that and it's very great that we're finally making a little bit of progress in that area you know where actors feel safer and and also that we learn that we can still make very beautiful or disturbing or extreme sex scenes in which everybody feels completely safe. Like this is not necessary. It's not necessary at all. Well, so, whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I can't think of a, a, there's so many stories beyond just, just the treatment of actresses and, and sex scenes and nudity or anything where, you know, you look at a film from 30, 40 years ago and go, you didn't have to kill those horses. You know, we know how to do that now. Or, 
you Absolutely. know, you, you didn't, I, I was, Kubrick sort of makes me insane. It's like, you don't have to make actors do 300 takes no. to get the performance you want. No, no. <laughs> no, I agree. And I totally agree. And I really, having switched, you know, so really, and, and also, I mean, I think me as an actress on stage, I, I was known for, you know, always do, being nude on stage, very extreme scenes, very, very, very extreme acting. And I think that being now the director myself, I find out that it's, Really not necessary at all. It's not about only, but it is, I mean, it's necessary maybe to be naked or to be, but it's not necessary to feel unsafe ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can do yeah. all those things in a very, like a, a fight, a good fight has a stunt team and nobody gets hurt at all. People are having fun while they're doing it, you know? Right. So it is all about that. We just change. Some people seem to think that real unsafety is like interesting because then you can, but you can create those circumstances in a way that is truly safe, but at the same time, you still get great acting. It just right. takes a good director and it takes a good actor, to be honest, you know? I mean, sorry to say, or and a good script, first of all, of course, that's most important of everything. But no, what's the great Olivier Hoffman? Just try acting, by the way. From yeah, yeah, why don't you try yeah, just act try acting. It's like, yeah. yeah, you don't have to be, act <laughs> oh. like you feel unsafe, I think is a probably better way to do it. Exactly, no, I totally agree. Um, still a great scene. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah. No, I was like, what is the one where like Jim Jim Cameron in in, in the abyss where Jim Cameron had Ed Harris swimming to Well, he almost drowned Ed Harris. And, and Ed yeah, Harris has not forgotten. The, yes. the one time I had lunch with Ed Harris, he was still grousing about the oh, yeah. James oh, Cameron yeah. almost killed him. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's not great. not necessary. <laughs> Yeah. Genuinely not. Yeah, yeah, you would think, yeah. But then there's still a discussion about method acting. Somebody said something about it last week, a famous actor, I forget who it is, but I'm, I, of course, as a Dutch farmer person, you are always intrigued by American method actors who really, and but, but it does work for some people, you know. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I just feel that what you're saying, like you don't have to be in real danger. Of course, there's yeah. famous examples of Apocalypse Now, you know, you have all these famous examples, right, of scenes where you're, you know, when you see the making of, you're like, oh my God, he really was on drugs or he really was having a heart attack or he really yeah. you know in the end does that really matter i don't know i think it's good that we make a little bit steps towards safer circumstances but that doesn't mean that films have to get safer the film the effect of the film should still be like <gasps> you know i love that i yeah. think it, you know yeah. if it's yeah. a good film. yeah um, and that brings me to who's afraid of virginia wolf which is to me oh, wow. like, yeah that is I, I showed that film to all my actors of, of bodies 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 all my young Oh, that's perfect. So what did they think? They loved it. They loved it. A lot of them had never heard of it. Some had seen it, but uh, most of them hadn't. Um, but I think it's great for, for yeah, and I don't want to compare us at all with that. I would never dare. But I do think it's great because it takes place in one house, you know, mm -hmm. so it's, it's very limited in the location. And But yet the acting is just like, you know, they're beasts, of course, in there. It's so brilliant. And there's no vanity. There's no ego. And I think that's something that to me is super important, especially uh, if I teach or work with young people, you know, to really take the ego out of it. Because as an actor, especially now where everybody grows up in front of a camera, right? Mm. Uh, it's so important to 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 look at that, to, to bring consciousness to your own vanity, because the, the other side of vanity is, of course, fear, right? Is I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not good enough. Let's put another filter on me. <laughs> with acting, it needs to be, you know, all of that needs to like be thrown out of the window and acting is reacting. You know, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's about the other person. It's about making the other person feel something, saying something to the other person, getting through to the other person. So I feel that who's afraid of Virginia Woolf is a wonderful lesson in that. Mm -hmm. 
the fact that it's a masterpiece as a film, but also if you show it to young actors, it's a really great tool to speak about acting style and, and you know, what true acting to me is. I, I can't imagine though that, that that was a very safe set to be on. <laughs> no, I don't know. But that was also maybe because they were, you know, truly involved with each other, yes. right? Our two yeah. main actors. So then what can you do as a director? But yeah, maybe not, maybe you're right. <laughs> That would have been, been fun to watch, but kind of terrifying to be around, I would imagine. But, uh, yeah, that, yeah. But are there oh, stories, I, Joe? I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not up on like. Uh, it's, uh, I read the, the Mike Nichols biography, and uh, I don't remember any particularly lurid stories coming out of that movie. Oh, well, because, yeah, they're, they're just, it seems so it, naked. And so it does feel. They're very committed. I mean, they're, this is, yeah. this is the, the best work that some of those actors ever did, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, I remember that Elizabeth Taylor was, of course, a little bit too young to play that part, really, you know, but they, so they made her gain weight and they put her in a little bit of a fat, like, it, I think for her, a little it was frowsy. Like, yeah. Yeah. She let go of everything. That you must know, have been liberating, movie. though, right? Uh, I'm I sorry. Always what? Imagine, I always imagine for someone like her that that would have been liberating. Liberating, exactly. Yeah. And I feel that that is why it is I mean, it's electrifying to watch. Also, because if you tell somebody, okay, it's going to be a drama, it's going to all take place in almost one room, you're going to be, oh my God, it's so boring. And when you, it's, and it's black and white, what? But still, it's so, it's so fun and entertaining and horrifying and everything at the same time to watch and just how they manipulate this young couple, you know, it's, it's just so amazing. I, I also think it's one of the best plays ever written. I mean, I would die to, to direct it ever in my life as a stage play or mm. I would come out of retirement for that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Josh, as Mrs. Tracy once said, here's a word from our Spencer. And our Spencer is MoviesUnlimited.com, the expert on movies since 1978. You've got thousands of titles to choose from, classics, hard-to-find titles, new releases. Support our sponsor and be good to yourself and also be good to us. Absolutely. And now more than ever, come on, you read the news, we are big proponents of physical media. Um, MoviesUnlimited.com are all about physical media, and uh, they not only are huge fans of our show, they feature many of the movies we talk about here, so you can easily find them and add to your collection. Um, if you go to the Movies Unlimited banner on the Trailers from Hell website, uh, you click on that, it'll take you to their site. They've got an individual page for every episode with every movie that's discussed with a link. And remember, uh, shipping is always free on orders over $50. That is MoviesUnlimited.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. And now back to our conversation with Helena Rain. What else do we have with my little... Oh, I have Scarface. Are there you, you go. <laughs> that, that seems oh, a little... I love a, good, I love a good violent movie. You know, I love Scarface. I love Face Off. I saw the other day, which I also love. Uh, but Scarface is, is just, you know, it's just brilliant, I feel. And... And in every way, and the characters, the story, which is, of course, I know it's a remake. I'm talking about the remake with Al Pacino, because mm -hmm. that was the one I saw in my generation. Um, and it left just such a huge impression. Also, just the struggle after you see that, that you really almost rooted for such a villain. You know, that uh, that sort of like, 
I don't know, I felt, and I always love Michelle Pfeiffer in it. And in every way, I just find that film amazing. Talking about are we civilized or are we beasts? You know, that theme is, of course, pretty present in this show. Yeah. I don't think I just... ever saw so much cocaine in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wow. like, it looks like piles of sugar. Piles and piles of sugar. And it's grotesque <laughs> that way, but it still works. Right, well, and, it, and it, 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 it colors his performance. I mean, that, it, it, Al has been known to go a little over the top sometimes, but it's never been as justified as it is in this I movie agree. where he's completely high for the entire movie. Completely high. And it's so theatrical in that way, but it's so, it works. It totally yeah. works. You, could, you want to eat it, you want to, it's great. And the, everything, also the visuals of it, the colors, and of course it's been Im imitated, you know, so many times after. It's just... Yeah, I love it. I really, I really love that film. Well, it's actually, yeah, it's an amazing collision of these, you know, everybody, Oliver Stone, who wrote it, and, and Brian De Palma directed it, and Al Pacino are all, all of them fully capable, as just says, of going completely over the top of their work. And then you put all of them together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just this absolutely insane uh, experience. I'm trying to remember, I'm actually looking up now, like, was this for Pacino? Yeah, it was kind of, uh, he hadn't really gone that far in anything at that point. I mean, it, it wasn't completely surprising that he could go that far over the top. But like, well, that's then, the first then movie. Did send, I think he did Son of a Woman after that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's the hoo-ha movie where he just hoo-ha. And didn't he get some nomination or something for that movie? For Scarface? Yeah, no, for... Uh, oh, for Son of a Woman, he won the Oscar. Yeah, well, boy, yeah, which, that was, yeah. he should have won it for the other picture. I, I feel like he that was one, of those, yeah, those makeup, like, was one of those makeup ones. But but he really hadn't untapped that. It's like, I think every other director he'd worked with, it sort of kept the lid on him. And then, uh, well, just, not, not, a, not in Injustice for All. He's, he's, he's a little, but isn't that, is that later? I believe that's a little bit later. It's 79, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but he's still, he's still, there's still, it's still contained. It's like he blows up at one point in rage, you know, and that's about it. Well, how about where he plays the devil in, in that? Um... Well, that's years later. Yeah. The but, Devil's Advocate. Devil's Advocate, yeah. Devil's Advocate. But yeah, yeah. I think Scarface was really Which was actually shot in Donald that. Trump's office. Did you know that, that that scene is, is shot in Donald Trump's office? Oh my God. Office. Oh, wow. I want to see it. <laughs> that is a great, that's great to know. Wow. That's good information. That's so he's just okay. channeling all the evil in that room. <laughs> but, but, uh, wow. Yeah, but that but that was I remember that was just a revelation. It was like Al Pacino. I'd never yeah, seen I agree. And that, and that freedom, you know, that yeah. we with you know, if you talk about who's afraid of Virginia Woolf or or that freedom that Al Pacino has in Scarface as an actor that so liberated that you can really get away with what you say, like spiles of cocaine, and you still sort of believe <laughs> that it's like reality. Yeah. To me, that is genius. I just and I also love what you, you guys are saying, like on paper, you would think all these people combined would become such an explosive cocktail that it wouldn't work, but then that everything works. Everything works. I feel that in general, that if you make uh, a theater play or a book or whatever, it's so interesting to me that whether something becomes a success or, or a failure, you know, you, you can think on paper, we have everything. We have the best cast. We have this best play. It's going to be great. And then it totally sucks. And then the other day you're going to make this play. And you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe. And then everybody loves it. And it just... So I find that also very intriguing in in my yeah. line of work, in our line, where you you know what is success and failure, and how do you deal with it? Well, you know, the same guy who who made Scarface made Bonfire of the Vanities, which is yeah, amazing. exactly what you're discussing. Yeah, it did not work. <laughs> and oh, yeah, sometimes I feel, like I, I feel like I have to show this here. The, uh, 
like Tony Montana statue. The world is yours. Oh. The world is you, yours. You have to explain to our, our yeah. sight impaired listeners I what you're doing. A, a miniature model of Tony Montana's world is yours statue. The world is yours. Desk. It's ironic. It's not. I don't actually believe the world is mine. <laughs> I keep it right next to my piles of cocaine. What's next? Then next is, I think, Cries and Whispers, something completely different. In Bergman, that was um, Ingmar Bergman. Also, some somebody I did not know when I started acting he existed. And then my director, um, you know, uh, made us watch uh, Persona after the rehearsal and all those films. And then we did Cries and Whispers on stage. And so for me, Cries and Whispers, uh, the, the scene in the film, and again, my film is very playful. It's just entertainment, so I don't want to be pretentious. But the the, the the scene in the basketball court where the girls become violent for the first time, the red room, that is basically mm -hmm. my inspiration is Cries and Whispers because I oh, wow. love the aesthetic so much of that of the red that he uses in his film in Cries and Whispers and these ladies that walk around in these period dresses and just... I think that's a true horror film. It's not Mendes horror film, maybe, but to me, that's about disease and death. And, you know, so I, I thought it was just very inspiring when I heard I was going to direct something that was in the horror genre, even though we conclude with the three of us that I did not make a horror film. <laughs> but you could, you could. <laughs> no, but there is still blood and violence, of course, in it. And I think that Cries and Whispers is it's just a wonderful, and very inspiring movie. Um, for, for, for people to watch. And I love playing it too. I love living in that story. And it was very haunting. You know, it's about death basically and disease and how we're all going to well, die. Mo most, most of Bergman's work. Is yeah, there that. you go. There you go. <laughs> was, that a, was that a Corbin one, Joe? Yes, Roger released that. It was, that was during the period in America where uh, horror, uh, uh, art films were not making money. And uh, so the, the major studios weren't releasing them anymore. And so Roger Corman, who I was working for, had a small company and he was making exploitation movies. And he said to Bergman, uh, if you let me distribute your movie, I will get it seen by people who have never seen a movie by Ingmar Bergman, uh, which was because he had access to the drive-ins. And so uh, when that picture was successful, he then got Truffaut's next picture and Fellini's next picture. And, and he ended up being the preeminent distributor of those films in the, in the 70s. Which is which was because the major studios just said we're not making enough money; it's not worth it. Wow, that's so impressive! And did he actually was he capable of making money off of them or no? No, oh, no, he made they, everybody made money. It was it was a great wow. situation. Wow, I love that. that. Wow, I didn't know that. That's yeah. very impressive and, and inspiring to hear. And I got to make trailers for movies by Fellini and Truffaut, and and it was and get get to meet them. I mean, it was like it was great. It was great for a, an up and coming filmmaker. Oh my God, that must have been insane. That, that I can only great. Believe that that feels so like, but that's yeah, that's beautiful. Does it just yes, a, a world of giants that has somehow passed? Um, well, they tend to go, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't live forever, except Roger, who lives, who's apparently going to live. Forever. I was just I was reading that. Oh, there's a, was a New York a New Yorker uh, article about John Carpenter where he was talking about the filmmakers who came to his class, and it's like Howard Hawks and Orson Welles and. Yeah, those are the days. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that everybody that later people will say that of our time? 
somehow. You know what I mean? I always wonder because I feel I'm now getting older, like being 46, going towards 50. I hear myself speak like that all the time. Like I really do. I feel like I teach acting here in Holland and then I always speak like that. You, you should know Eva van Hoven. You should know. And talking to my children of bodies, I'm like, watch who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. This is Isabelle Huppert. Do you even know who she is? <laughs> but is that how it will always go? How like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, think, I think it always, I think it is. I think it's uh, always been that way. It's a little more now because there are people like Josh and I who have this podcast, which is aimed mainly at getting people to watch movies that they may not know about, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the website, Trailers from Hell, is the same thing. It's supposed to yeah. get people interested in movies that they wouldn't ordinarily know. Because a lot of other things, you know, are competing for their eyeballs right now. But I think, no, but she's yeah. asking about whether or not they'll be sort of looking back at, at people like like her and you and sort well, of that, in, in the way. Yeah, sure. But I mean, yeah, no, someday there'll be people, you know, like, oh, my God, she trained with, with Helena. And like, no, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, but you, you're, you're, you're only, you're not even 50 yet. You may, you may not have made your magnum opus. Oh yeah, no. You've got this. This, this uh, probably won't happen until after you're dead. That's the yeah. That's, that's how it worked with Orson. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I also think, even though it's not on my list, if we're talking about movies that people should see, I really think, as far as the one Dutch movie that I could pitch here, is Turkish Delight by Paul Verhoeven. Sure. Oh, I haven't I seen just, that since oh my God. early '80s. With, and um, it still works, and it's Michael still Howard, right. Yeah. It's yeah. It's amazing. So anybody who that's can the bear first Verhoeven movie I ever saw. It's so old. I saw it when it was new. <laughs> I need to go back to it. We need to get him on the show too. We have tried. He should. Um, oh my god, he would love that because he's such a film nerd as well. He, he you would so, think. You would yes. Think. Yes. Um, yes. We'll, we'll, we'll play him yours and see if that oh, yes. uh, can lure him. Um, give us another one. So I think I mean we're almost through our list. I think my other one is uh, Dangerous Liaison or uh, La Liaison Dangereux or whatever. John yep. Malcolm. Michelle Pfeiffer. The, the Malkovich, yes. Yeah, but the my favorite scene is it's beyond my control when when John Malkovich comes in um, into uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's um, rooms and breaks up with her because Glenn Close told him to do that, and then he goes, "It's beyond my control," and she just goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's so the acting is just. I mean, that whole movie, of course, it's also a film that is very theatrical. You know, it's it's yeah. very much theater meets cinema and and i i uh, coming from the theater i think i that's just something i love and the, the it's a very erotic film but without being at all in your face it's it's of course all about the, that period where everything was suppressed but at the same time it was they're playing games right they're literally like um don malkus and glenn close are literally playing games with everyone i love it i love the play i love the book and i love the film everything yeah no, it's it's great, and and Stephen Frears who directed it is is he's just one of those people who makes such a wide variety of films that are almost always consistently great. Who never seems to quite get the uh, the auteur treatment that um, you know some well, people that, keep making the same movie over and over. When you're when you're versatile, that 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 yeah. does happen. Happen to Robert Wise too, you know, people who just are good at making movies but don't have yeah. an, uh, an abiding theme that they keep going back to. Yeah, so what do you think? What would you guys advise me for my career? Um, it depends. Do you want to? These men are we career advisors. Would you want to go like, because my first film was completely, you know, I wrote it, I, uh, and now I discovered that it's also interesting to do things that aren't mine. 
You know what I mean? That aren't completely mine right. and make them my own because what there's a culture. interpreting. Yeah, because yeah. there's a beauty, I feel, in the fact that, the, and that again, that reminds me of my fucking stage career that was 20 years long, where you have an old construct and then somehow you put, you know, modern themes on it or whatever you want to do with it. And it is an interesting marriage, I feel, between the two. But um, at the same time, of course, I feel I have, so, when I'm thinking about erotic thrillers, I think, no, no, when I get scripts like that, I'm like, no, 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 not like that, not like that. So then I want well, so to- So you have to be able to write your own. Obviously, you write your own, or are you can yeah. uh, just do do what do what you want to do. Have it come from you. Don't do it yeah. just because somebody else says, "Well, you know, this would be good for your career." Uh, yeah. it, it, no, and good. I don't care about my career anyhow. But uh, I, that, that, I would argue that's, that's obviously great. not. No, I do care about my career, but I don't <laughs> yeah, care about our shows. Care about no. What I mean to say, if you had a career in a certain area and then you stop. Like a soccer player, you know, it's super interesting because you, you, of course, I am very passionate and I'm very insecure and I'm super frightened and nervous. But at the same time, it also feels really egoless because you feel that you already had this beautiful path and it was great. And I came for me, I wanted it to end because I, I didn't want to be on stage anymore. But I don't feel like I feel like I have not so much to lose, you know, starting over. And that's a great feeling. But I just wonder what is the best path. That is what I sometimes wonder. And you guys having. You know, been a little longer. Little Obviously, longer. we know what the best path is because uh, <laughs> because we ended up here. <laughs> it is the best path. Uh, this is fun. Path. Maybe you should write a great part for yourself and direct it. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, you do. You're going to have to scratch that any itch at some point. You know? I do. Yeah. Who did that? Who did that successfully? Mel Gibson did that successfully. Yeah, plenty of people. I think Costner, Clint Eastwood. Um, Trying to think, are there, are there, how about women? Just Jodie Foster directed her. Jodie Foster, uh, I don't know. Anything? I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of actors who have uh, gone on to direct. Nobody means to direct themselves. Jodie to direct themselves. Who to direct? To, did Jodie Foster, yeah, Jodie Foster themselves. starred in a Jodie Foster movie? Uh, Nell? I was she, I, she no, I don't think she directed that. Um, I, 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 her, her credits aren't that voluminous. I don't Here think that she's directed any that she's, she's directed Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. There so there you go. Wait, here we go. We're going to, we're going to, we'll, we'll cut this. So it sounds <laughs> like, we're getting there. but the, um, we'll cut this uh, so they won't know he's looking it up. That's right. Let's see. Is she in, is she in little man Tate? Did she play a small part? I feel like she might. No, she yeah, she's exactly in little man I was Tate. supposed to make that movie. She, she directed, directed it instead. And she's in it. So she's done that at least once. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah. Interesting. But I, I would imagine you have to do that at one point. You think? But I'm retired. Well, oh, that's that's just a word. It's not legally binding, is my <laughs> maybe in your country, but uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Did Stephen King retire about thirty years ago? I feel like there's eight thousand books he's written since then. No, that's true. Uh, and what about Daniel Day Lewis? He retired a couple of times. Yes, but he constantly he, retires. To is make he shoes. still shoot? <laughs> Shoes, shoes, show. But is he still making shoes? I don't know. Not like, still uh, making yeah, movies. No, no. Is he? Um, <laughs> is he actually still retired? Is the question. I feel like he's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't he hasn't know. been acting for a while, has he? Or I did think I Phantom him? Thread was the last one, wasn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Um, you have one more, which I'm so glad you're going out on. Hey, what did I forget? Said, uh, you were you were going to shall I shall I tell you shall I ruin it? 
ruin it. It's her, it's her choice. I know. Mm, it's, a, no, it's, it. a, it's sort of a fun one to go out on, considering some of the stuff we've talked about. The Breakfast Club. Oh, of course. Yeah, The Breakfast Club was my big inspiration for Bodies, 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 because it's, of course, also... Oh, it's okay. I'm actually seeing it. Yeah, you're not being funny. Yeah, no. Uh, because I think it's um, also one location and youth culture. And, I, I mean, that came out when I was young and it was back then it was, you know, a big film and I, I loved it. I really did. And uh, and I, I used it in my pitch to A24. I had to do this final moment, you know, with a big... And I said, here we go. Breakfast Club also said, Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls. Of course, that was my that was my first. <laughs> Lord of the Flies meets Mean Girls, people. And then Clue, you know the film Clue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used also because, like you guys said, it's more like Agatha Christie, you know, who done it. And then The Breakfast Club, but more for the atmosphere. And then I want to ask you something because both of you are such experts. You know the film Don's Plum? Oh, yes. So this film uh, is with Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire. And let me, can I please ask you, because I saw that film when I was uh, much younger and I loved it because basically it's one location. They, it's, it's, it's just young people talking and they all mm-hmm. talk to each other. It's very, it's very amazing. It's very organic. It's very raw. It's vulnerable. It's strange, but very entertaining. And so I used this to do my pitch on bodies, 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 because I thought that's the acting style oh. I want. But nobody knew what it was. No, I'm, I'm not right. surprised. I, I, yeah. I just hearing you say that, I was like, oh, she's gonna, she's gonna say that she told them about this. They never heard of it. But why is it? It's, why it's is a it very so obscure hard? film. Why? Because well, they, they pulled it. I think isn't it uh, Leo DiCaprio and um, um, Toby McGuire? Is he also in it? Yeah, yeah. Toby McGuire. But why aren't they proud of it? Because it's absolutely great. Uh, I think, I think they withdrew it. Yeah, they did something to, my understanding is, to make sure you can't see it. And I don't know why. I remember seeing it and I didn't have your reaction, but I certainly didn't go. I, mean, I saw it back when it was, you know, they were, yeah. it was known that they had pulled it and there was something sort of salacious about it. And I remember seeing it and, and not loving the film, but also going, I don't get why they would pull this. No, because it's not at all a film that you would think of as risky or. Yeah, it's not like they it's... have sex with each other in it. I think, that, I think they're embarrassed by it. Really? Well, I loved it. And I think it's a great uh, piece of acting. Uh, I just thought it was a great inspiration, but I wanted to show it to my actors and I couldn't because I didn't, I lost the DVD when I, because you could get it here. You know, here you could buy it, but now it's disappeared here too. You can't get it anymore. Mm. I was just intrigued. I was wondering how does that work? So you can just get rid of them. That's, That's maybe a good thing to know. You can just get rid of them. Just, but is it just that they were embarrassed by it? that? Just seems that seems unfair. You should not be. I mean, who, no, I worked with Mark I mean, Lester a million years ago, and he said something great about. Uh, he said, "We own all of our, we own all of our children, even the homely ones." Well, that's <laughs> true. But if the if the homely ones are, uh, you know, interfering with your ability to get another job, that's true. <laughs> to, to make I more think children. The beginning of their career, they were worried about it, but I don't understand why. But. I think, I think now they're okay they, now, yeah. Yeah, they would be proud of it, I feel. I hope they're proud of it. I think it's great. I think it's a great film. Well, well I, I want to say, and I don't usually say something like this, but, but it's funny. I'm, um, you, your film is, I would say, empirically better than The Breakfast Club. <laughs> I, can, I can prove it with a pocket calculator. Well, it's <laughs> more fun. It's definitely more fun, yes. <laughs> uh, 
I've never, people love that movie. It, it just, it just eluded me. It, it, I, I, I understand that. Do you feel it's too cliche? It's too much archetypes of what humans are. It's just too. No, I think my, my big issue, and I know that it, it works. It, it certainly does it well. And somehow I was just in a mood or a state where it wasn't working on me and so forth. But I, I think it panders in a kind of dishonest way to, to the younger, to a younger audience. Yeah in a way that um, a lot of films, in fact, that have been inspired by it, like yours, um, simply don't. Um, yeah. There's something well, that about- that is like a John I, Hughes hallmark, you know? Yeah, I mean, the I was wondering if like John Hughes actually had ever been a teenager, because his movies always felt more like- I understand he, what he always yeah. seemed He always seemed like a get off my lawn kind of guy to me. Yeah. Uh, and yet he really did connect. He made these movies that really connected with yeah. you know, that audience. But his best movies are the ones that he didn't, Try to connect with those movies, with those old right. uh, vacation. Yeah, I would agree. Stuff like that. The um, uh, yeah, I remember. And I don't know if you saw. It was a really interesting piece that Molly Ringwald wrote five or six. Could it be a decade now. I don't know. The pandemic just changed ago. my sense of time. She wrote twenty-one years ago <laughs> about showing sixteen candles to her teenage daughter and just kind of having a traumatic experience revisiting this film and realizing how wrong so much of it was. Wow. And not not from a puritanical yeah. point of view at all. Yeah. Right. I think for me personally, coming from such an extreme corner of hardcore art house, hardcore hippie, it 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 did something for me the same as Annie. You know right. what I mean? Like sure, it, for sure. me, it's a world that's so exotic to me because <laughs> I come from you know a mother that had armpit hair until there, and now that's all fashionable. But in those days, it was like you know no bra, nothing. Don't even know what a bra is. So I feel that the Breakfast Club for me was you know, the, the American dream or something. So I right. look at it kind of like a meta perspective and then it's kind of fun. Sure. Sure. I, I've never gone back to it. I'm kind of tempted to go back to see just sort of how time has changed me in the film and so forth. Um, and I do know, cause he's a very good friend of mine, uh, Dan Waters, who wrote uh, the original Mean Girls, Heathers. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, I was just going to bring it up because that was a huge part of our inspiration for bodies. What? Oh my God, no, you have to, because he listens to the show. And, uh, tone, oh no, the tone, okay, so listen here. So Heather's was the biggest, like I've seen that 6,000 times, because the one thing I was very much aware of is that the tone that we wanted to 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 create with bodies, and you know, God can only know if we succeeded in that or not, but was going to be really hard, uh, which is tension and humor, you know, because every time you make a joke, the tension is, goes out of the windows, you need to build it up again. And I felt that irony is such a big part of this Gen Z. They, everything is irony to them. If you put mm -hmm. a camera on them, they will go like, ah, and now I'm, I'm making a sexual pose if people were only listening. And so I felt that Heather somehow nailed this irony. And at the same time, it's still full of tension. It's fun. The colors are very poppy. And it says something, but at the same time, it takes itself completely not seriously, which I love. It's not pretentious at all, but it does say something about, you know, how we interact as young humans with each other. So I love that film. I really, I really, and I love the ending and I think it's just great. I really do. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, a timeless classic. Dan, but it, will, it, be, Dan it was, will be very pleased. He will, but it was, it was kind of his reaction to those John Hughes movies. Um, yeah. I, you know. I understand that because also Heather's is so like primal and just, she, you know, beast-like in this behavior of these young people, which of course my film also tries to do. I don't want to, yeah. you know. And does. About, yeah, and so gets I, away with <laughs> yeah so i love heathers and it is you know in my mood board for the film it's all heathers all over oh wow wow yes. and not a swatch in it um oh exactly <laughs> i love a swatch a beautiful pink swatch 
Yes. Uh, my goodness. Well, uh, uh, Helena, thank you so very much um, for finding the time to talk to us. This has been a blast. And this was uh, a huge honor, of course, as you both know. Um, uh, insane honor. Thank you so much for having me. I can't even believe it. And just thank you. For so we'll so we'll say that the movie is uh, currently playing in currently playing in theaters in theaters yeah, and here it's, and, it's and it's is about to open in, in Europe. Yeah, in Europe, in in the in the Netherlands, in the UK, and then. The whole world and yeah. should be doing no um uh, for our new indian listeners uh is it gonna be playing in india anytime <laughs> Pindi. it's way it's very short it probably shows a short before the feature it's That's i think true. only about 100 minutes, only long. 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we should not make light of that yes our new audience I know, that's, that's, I the know. Way, that's the way to success. <laughs> you do not and like also, by the way, thank you for doing this so early for, because that must be a little weird, but thank you for. Yeah, we should no, say for our listeners that Joe and I are up. It's 8.30 in the morning here. But, yeah, it, but it, we, we're not drunk yet. So this is that's a right. perfect time for us to do it. <laughs> yes. So this is what Joe and I sound like when we haven't been drinking all day. So. <laughs> um, by the way, I, Helena, thank you so much. I can't wait to see what you do next. Um, uh, I do. You, I, I really do. I think at a certain point, you are going to have to scratch that NEH and star in something that you write and direct. That's the only, I don't even know if that's career advice. It's more like a prediction. <laughs> Thank you. I will. I will remember that. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. And have Thanks a, a lot. wonderful rest of your day. Great Thank to you meet soon. you. You too. Bye bye. Bye. Our show was recorded from several well stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of trailersfromhell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made Me. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world. Plus, tons of extra themed episodes. If you want to improve your trivia game, or you just want to scream at us in your car when we get easy questions wrong, then we're the show for you. Find Triviality on all your favorite podcast apps. But you know that, because you're already listening to a podcast.